Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hi everyone, welcome to Q. I hope we've set up well what we're going to talk about tonight. I think we can all relate uh, to frustration and uh, I think that first clip uh, especially with, uh, is he called Scat? Scrat? whatever he's called. Oh, you just feel for him, don't you? You know, it's always out of his reach and everything that he tries, everything just seems to uh, be frustrating his journey. So let's have a few examples of frustration tonight. Now, I know one thing that frustrates Anth terribly is slow drivers, Uh, especially, (laughs) especially when he's trying to get somewhere. And, you know, people are acting as though they've got all day and he wants to get somewhere. Um, How about some of you young people when the internet is slow and you're trying to get your game going and it's, ah, why, you know, what's going on? For me, I'll be honest, it's when people are late. I don't like ever being late and I try my best to, you know, always be on time. What about this one for some of you mums when stuff's left on the stairs... Oh, oh, I think we speak in people's language tonight. Or when just in general people don't live up to our expectations and we talked about that a few weeks ago. What about this one? Queuing. Who likes to queue? Tell you what, it brings out the best in you, doesn't it? Queuing. Anyway, each of us have our understanding of what triggers our frustration. Can I talk about a certain little wonderful person in my life who the game frustration absolutely drives him mad? And we have tears every time. Why? Because first of all, it takes forever to pop a six. And of course, you get out of of, of your home only to be knocked off by somebody and you're sent right back to the beginning. Oh, isn't it frustrating? I asked yesterday, would you like to play frustration? No, thank you. Because he really finds it incredibly frustrating. So we all relate to this. And I'm glad here at Q we are really trying to deal with life issues. Because I believe that as people who believe themselves to be in union with God, we ought to be able to have an answer to some of these things which are incredibly disabling and really crippling in life. And so tonight we're talking about the answer to that, which we'll get to a little bit later. So frustration happens. It's common to us all. Now here's the thing. It comes from a Latin word and it actually means in vain. So when you do things in vain, it feels that things are pointless. And it also has a connection with the word disappointed. Now, isn't it funny? We think we have an appointment with something. And then when that appointment doesn't take place, you can see how uh, frustration uh, is, is the result. So other definitions are this, 
to prevent the plans or efforts of someone or something from being achieved. It's also the inability to accept delay, which is quite interesting. When something blocks the progress that we want to make in any given context. And sometimes it's just that we hit up against a wall of resistance. Somebody might just not be cooperating with us the way we'd like them to cooperate. So we're okay, we're bombing along, but suddenly we hit a wall of resistance. So also when something should be simple, oh, doesn't it get you? Have you ever tried to unscrew a screw out of a piece of wood where the little ridge in the screw has sort of been worn flat and your, your screwdriver head sort of keeps, it keeps jumping out. Doesn't it get you? So things that should be simple, but they end up taking forever. So it seems to be that it's about time and about resistance that we end up resulting in frustration. So here's this. We live in a very fast food world. We want immediate results. We want fast answers. We can send a text message that reaches Australia in seconds and then we get mad when things don't happen at the same speed in every other issues of our life. And we have a very low tolerance for frustration. It's all about time and time seems to be the commodity that none of us have enough of. So we find that the root of frustration is time and our need for things to be done without delay or without difficulty. But the result can be annoyance and even anger and an inner determination to force an outcome. So we need to ask the question, what is the role of frustration in our lives? It's actually an opportunity to practice patience. Oh, do you relate to that, anybody? Okay, yes, oh, thank you, we've got some honest people. So, just carrying on, we have to learn how to transform frustration with patience. Now, I love the word transform, because the word trans at the, at the beginning is about going across, across a gap. It means making up some ground. And form is just to do with that, the shape of which exists. And if we are going to transform things, we've got to be willing to, to jump a divide. Now, it's always hard when you're feeling that sense of frustration. Have you ever thought when somebody tells you to just be patient? Come on, what, what, is, what does it do to you? If anything, it just makes you worse. It makes you more frustrated. And uh, I often think that um, what happens is, think about it, you're in a, a queue and it's usually the mother or parent that's speaking to a child and telling them to be patient, but it's said by a person who's not being very patient with the person who's impatient. Do you, do you see what I mean? It, it seems like this ongoing circle of uh, just something that goes out of control and it was a wonderful picture at the beginning, wasn't it? So... It's all about the nail. Each of them, beautiful people, were hitting up against a resistance. Yeah, resistance. She wanted something from him, and he wanted something from her, 
And each of them were saying, no, I am frustrated with you because you won't deal with what I see. And I'm frustrated with you because you won't deal with what I see. Can you see the circle? So when I get frustrated, I like to ask the question, what is actually going on inside of me? Because most of the time, it is exposing a nail <laughs> in the forehead rather than it is just about uh, what you would call the surface problem. It's something deeper inside. Now, the Bible talks about love being patient. And uh, I like to believe that we are learning principles in this house which are taking us towards spiritual practice, not just religious beliefs. So I want to find a way of really truly, truly dealing with my frustrations, not somehow going into a denial that says, oh, if I, if I just pray a bit harder, or if I just uh, come to church a bit more, then maybe my frustrations will be dealt with. No, I want to actually get to a place where I find that I can practice a spiritual uh, practice. And it says that love is patient. Now, it's also called a fruit of the Spirit. And I find that that's a bit old-fashioned in its terminology. But I think a good way to put it would be defining that it's something that cooperates with life rather than resisting life. Now, as I said a minute ago, patience is, patience is often misunderstood because when we say just be patient, it seems very unfair and it seems to be the stalling of what each of us feel we need in that given moment in our lives. But in fact, patience is powerful because it's about watching, it's about waiting and it's about knowing when to act. Now, the thing is, when we are frustrated, we tend to act harshly and immediately without even thinking. And, uh, you know, it's always better just to take a step back and have a think about things. But often people say, well, you're telling me to be patient. You're basically telling me not to act. But that isn't the truth at all. It's about taking action in a non-irritable and, and from a non-hostile place. Because patience is an attitude that is expressed in the wait. It's saying, while I'm waiting, because my turn is going to come, but until it's my turn, I'm just going to practice an attitude uh, while I'm waiting. And so patience requires flexibility and timing and willing to be at one with the ebb and flow of life and not at odds against it. Now, it was interesting this afternoon, we were talking about how it often conjures up in our minds that somehow, you know, if we just wait, there's this appointment with destiny that if we wait long enough, this thing is just going to happen because it's all been planned all along. But we were talking about the idea of when a person playing football scores a goal. Had that goal, goal been planned all along in, in history? Of course it hadn't. It's just that 
the moment came and the person either jumped with his head or his foot or whatever at that moment and somehow in the ebb and flow of the game came the moment that the, we're all waiting for. So what happens is that when I practice patience, there is something about a wisdom that's inside of me that comes that actually tells me when to act. So wisdom works with patience and tells me when to jump to head the ball. Now, most of us are not willing to wait like that and we become incredibly frustrated. Now, I was reading something the other day that says, if you are prone to frustration, go and stand in a queue. Best thing ever, go and stand in a queue because what it will do to you is bring those frustrations to the surface and you can choose where to invest that energy. Are you going to invest it in your frustrations or actually going to invest it in coming to peace about the situation? Right. In that, you can take a step back. I mean, the other thing that was said, and I've just seen it here, is the person said, and not only stand in the queue, keep letting somebody go in front of you. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, heck. I think that might be pushing it a bit far for some. But um, be willing to let someone go ahead of you and even give a smile because you're shifting the energy and you're putting it into the weight and not into the annoyance. Because without patience, you're, you turn into your own taskmaster, cracking a whip. And I found that really helpful for me. But with patience, you can step back and regroup without aggressively reacting or hastily giving up on someone or something that is frustrating you. So patience gives you that liberating breath that you need to take. But wallowing in frustration leads to endless dissatisfaction, placing us at odds with life. Patience is being satisfied where you are when you would really like to be somewhere else. These are the truths, aren't they? So, you can emotionally redeem your centre in your world that's full of frustration with compassion for yourself and others. Choosing patience over frustration as you daily handle the hassles and stresses of life. And last week we learned that God is perfect because he knows how to perfectly handle our imperfections. We have often been introduced to a God who we believe is a taskmaster and he's cracking a whip and insists we get our act together right now and he's frustrated with us. But later we're going to hear how God is perfect in his ability to wait because he's perfect in patience. He has no desire to force an outcome because his compassions do not fail. Thank you. So what if I were to suggest to you that um, frustration plays a necessary part in our journey to wholeness? That like so many things in life, the, the things that we encounter that 
have negative connotations are actually indicators to us of the incapacity of our spiritual growth to fully help us appreciate within the context of life who we are becoming and how in that becoming we allow what the Bible calls the kingdom of God to become one with the kingdom of earth so that there is a flow into our lives that is not just about the outward, but it's about the inward, the inner flow, as we taught last week, the flow of peace and the flow of contentment and the flow of fulfillment, which, which all the world is looking for. <clears throat> um, this, this all triggered off by something that I, I was talking to the guys about on Tuesday as we, um, as we have our planning time for, <clears throat> for Sundays about something I've been reading in the Bible in Romans chapter 8. And let me just read it to you. It says in Romans chapter 8 verse 19, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, then we wait for it patiently. The, the, the process here is that there is some suggestion that the freedom that we're all looking for somehow has within that process the need for the experience of frustration to bring the challenge to us. Now, as Chris has already talked about me, there are deeper frustrations that grip us than the Nissan Micra driving along doing 38 miles an hour in a 60 limit, always on the no overtaking parts of the road to Whitby or Scarborough, and who inevitably seems to be in exactly the same place on the way back, as well. Now, if you're a Nissan Micra owner here tonight or something similar and you drive like that, you deserve everything I'm saying tonight. <laughs> or what about the chosen queue at the checkout? How many of you are always looking for which queue is going to move the fastest? Come on, be honest, right? And you always pick the one where the cashier wants to share intimate details of their life in between slowly scanning the items of the person in front of you, who then insists on looking for the 37p in exact change <laughs> that's somewhere deep within the cavern of the handbag or the pocket that they can't remember or maybe among the child's toys in the buggy. Instead of just saying, here's a fiver, just give me some change... There are deeper frustrations that grip us than that. You see, I believe that there's a voice that cries from deep within our frustrations that's connected to the very core of life itself. It, it, it may manifest following the Nissan Micra or in the checkout queue at the supermarket, but it's actually a manifestation of something much deeper in the core of life itself. It's looking, remember I invented a word last week, the word was yearnestly. Right? It's a bit like earnestly, but it's what you do 
when earnestly manifest, you yearn. It's yearnestly. It's looking yearnestly for something to manifest. That's what Paul was driving at when he wrote this thing in, in Romans 8, when he says even creation, it's like the whole of creation itself is, is eager in expectation, saying something's got to come out here that's not coming out. Now, he uses, he uses terminology of his day and culture because it's, it's eager for the sons of God to be revealed. Now, that sounds quite bible spiritually, and I don't have a problem with it, but some of you might, but also some of us who don't have a problem with it have no context for it, that this was written by Paul to the church in Rome which was the seat of the Roman Empire in which the only son of God was Caesar himself. And he's saying creation's looking for something more than Caesar. Creation's looking for something more than domination and control in your life. It's looking for you to emerge to be who you are supposed to be, but probably without frustration, you'll never realise that there's something to break into beyond where you are. So when the next time you're in a queue at the checkout, the next time, and this is for you, not me, the next time you're in your car following a Nissan Micra, see, I've got to be somewhere important. The next time you're in the queue, just think, what is this frustration telling me about my journey and why do I need to learn patience? Because patience is connected to hope. And hope is connected to expectation. And what the frustration is telling us is that our inner belief is this will not go well in the end. This is going to frustrate my plans. This is going to obstruct my objectives. And so we're actually believing that some simple thing like that can stop the very best occurring in our lives. Frustration's an important gauge to our state of being. This is an interesting thing. Creation, remember creation's waiting, it's saying, will you guys, for goodness sake, please get it together because we've done our best to get it together. We've got some process, some order. We understand seasons. We understand seed. We understand nurturing the seed, planting the seed. We understand death and we understand resurrection. What's wrong with you guys? That's how creation is eagerly expecting and waiting for that liberation. See, creation perceives the resistance in humanity to surrender to love. Creation actually surrenders to love. It, it surrenders to the love of the Creator. And it, it, has an inner, it has faith. And the faith is, faith is an inner conviction that all will be well. Creation carries an inner conviction within it that all will be well. You will not find in this autumn season a complaining tree that's creating stink because I'm losing my leaves, it's getting really cold, you will see that it submits itself to the love of that season because it realises this might be a harsh time, but instead of growing outwards, I'm going to grow downwards. Instead of growing fruit, I'm going to grow roots because it's got faith. Faith is the inner expectation, the inner conviction that all 
will be well. So our frustrations exposed, we don't have an inner conviction that all will be well, which is why we don't have patience, because when you have patience, creation's waiting. Creation waits for the sun to rise every day. And creation that works best at night waits for the sun to go down. And creation waits for the warmth of spring. Or if it's another part of creation, it waits for the cold of winter. But all the time, it's got an eager expectation for something. It perceives the resistance in humanity to surrender to love. We need to learn to surrender to love. That's why the Bible is a love story. Remember what what God said, Morgan Freeman, who is God? What Morgan, you, any of you that have ever heard Morgan Freeman do his thing. You cannot hear me saying God said without hearing Morgan Freeman say that. Is that correct or not? Right? That takes some of the frustration away of what God sounds like. You see, that immediately there is a patience there because that's what God sounds like. But you see, you see, the, the, the thing is, it, it, we need to learn more to surrender to love and, and as as. Morgan Freeman has got in there said, I see, I see the story of Noah as a love story. See, when you begin to read through these things, all that the, the story of God is with humanity is actually not a judgment story, not a condemnation story. It's a love story. And when we learn to lose ourselves into that love, then something happens. We begin to have a patience because there is an inner conviction that all will be well and the frustration begins to drive us towards the place of where we get a liberation from that bondage and we find that place of freedom. Creation perceives the resistance in humanity to surrender to love and to live in patient expectation And so it's deeply frustrated. There has to be a patient expectation. So let me finish by saying this. It and we, when I say it, I'm talking about the whole of creation. And we are looking for something that the Bible labels as sonship. Now that's that's not a sexist gender remark. In the same way that sons of God was not to do with male characteristics, sons of God was to say, you think Caesar's got all the authority in the world because that's what Roman culture says, Caesar is the son of God. But I'm telling you that you carry authority in the world, you carry specialness, you carry chosenness because creation's not looking for the son of God, i.e. Caesar, creation's looking for you to be who you are, to rise up with the authority and life that is in you, to realise that you actually are in reality not a man-made son of God, but you are a God-made son of God. And of course it's not sexist. The reason it uses son of God because culturally uh, sons always inherited. So it, it, the Bible talks, when the Bible talks about sons, it means girls and boys, male and female. It's using sons as the, as the conduit through which which inheritance flows. It, it, it's a conduit of where reception comes to us. And so what we're looking for is something the Bible labels sonship. Remember it says creation is waiting in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Okay? That's what it wants to be revealed. But 
if that is true, then that brings us to this final point. You do not become a son by striving. You could not be born by striving and you cannot be who you are by striving. You cannot become a son by striving. So, so when we say creation's waiting for us to be who we're supposed to be, striving's not going to help that. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be will guarantee you'll never become what you think it is you're supposed to be because you're striving. You don't become a son by striving. You behave like a son through surrendering. You don't become one through striving. You behave like one through surrendering. You see, the issue for me is not to give you six things that you need to do to be a son of God that creation is looking for. I can only give you one thing, and that is surrender to the love. Surrender to the fact that you are loved incredibly, immensely, immeasurably, unconditionally, totally, without reservation, with nothing that you can do to make it more and nothing you can do to make it less. And when you learn somehow in here to surrender to that love rather than striving to get that love, what emerges, Paul says, is real sonship. You have become one with the Father. You have become one with all that God is in all of his being. And now that frustration can slip away because your patience becomes lost in your absolute sense of sonship, knowing that you're one with the Creator and all things are working on your behalf and for your benefit and within you and for you and through you and then creation can go, she's got it. He's got it. Now we can all relax in the seasons. We can all relax in the winters, the summers, the autumns, the springs. We, we can all relax when it rains and when it doesn't. We can all relax because now something that's coming out is the sonship. And we can relax when the lady in front is holding us up at the checkout. And we can relax when we're behind the Nissan Micra, hopefully. <laughs> which will be tested, I am absolutely sure. We can relax. Why? Because what is happening is sonship. That's what the sonship in the Bible is not some highfalutin, hyper spiritual strive to be this, become that, be a holier than thou. Sonship is something you accept, but it's not just something you accept, it's something you surrender to. You accept it to the point where you're saying, I surrender to the love that has made me a son so that. What is waiting in eager expectation subject to frustration can be broken so that in every aspect of myself, how I see myself, how I see life, how I see God, and how then things function are no longer driven by that frustration. But thank God for the frustration that drove me to understand that I need to, I need to surrender to love so that my son nature can come through and as that son nature comes through so the, the power of frustration can be broken and the, the power of patience can replace it so that as the Bible says I can rest in him there's an interesting verse we're going to sing about it but it says this be still and know that I am God I would challenge everyone in here to try and know that God is God when you're not still. Yeah. 
See, that's, that's the trouble. We, 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 we try in the middle of our frustrations, in the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our lack of patience. We're, we're trying to find where is God in all of this? How do I find God? You, you can't because that you're trying to strive through the frustration. There comes a point where you have to just be still and know. What do you have to know? I'm a son. I surrender to the love that brought me to sonship. And as you surrender to that love, somehow you begin to know that divine presence, that, that, that thing, that, that sense, that being that says in you it's well. That inner conviction that creation carries that says all is well is the same conviction you carry. I ask you tonight, don't strive to try and be a son, a spiritual giant, whatever you want to be. But just take this moment and just be still and just surrender in your heart. Speak from your heart. I surrender to the love that God has sent upon me. I surrender to the sonship that is mine through Son, through God, so that all of creation with you will be able to not be in frustration but that expectation becomes a reality as you manifest yourself as the son you were always supposed to be in Jesus name thanks for listening to another Q York podcast if you've been inspired by what you've heard today then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.